Let's pray. Father, I've been reminded the last several weeks that you care about the truth. And when error takes place, it it really, really bothers you. And Lord, we need to be people who care deeply about the truth. And when error comes, we should be really bothered by it. And we should be defenders of the truth. And Father, I pray, Lord, that as a result, Lord, of the preaching of the word this morning, that we would be prepared to spot false teaching when it comes, um, to, to recognize who it comes from, and and to see, Lord, that the clear difference between truth, between that which is truth and that which is false. And I ask this in Jesus' name. <clears throat> Amen. There are true teachers and false teachers in this world. Those who teach the words of God and those who spread teaching contrary to God's word. Jesus warned us about these false teachers. This is what he said in Matthew 7, or Matthew seven fifteen through 16. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will, you will recognize them by their fruits. I am going to share with you, with you an example of a false teacher. Five years ago, a man by the name of Rob Bell, a pastor who many considered to be an evangelical, uh, came out with a book called Love Wins. And some of you may remember this controversy that came up about five years ago. Uh, To sum up this book briefly, um, it pretty much said that God will save everyone. Um, It denied that God will punish people in hell uh, eternally. Um, This is known in theology as universalism. Bell essentially denied the existence of hell and he twisted the the clear references in scripture that describe it. And what Rob Bell has done is denied uh, the authority of Scripture. No one in the Bible uh, was clearer on the doctrine of hell than Jesus Christ himself. Bell has disregarded those words to come up with his own teaching and his own definition of love. This book became a major uh, discussion, as you might imagine, in, in Christian circles. Many Christian leaders rightly condemned him. Uh, John Piper's words were brief, very brief, three to be exact, um, but it's all he needed to say. Farewell, Rob Bell. As I mentioned at the outset, Jesus said, you will know them by their fruits. A few years later, Rob Bell came out supporting same-sex marriage, and he thinks people can practice whatever religion they want. He has since left, left the church he pastored in Michigan, um, and he lives in California. So you will know them by their fruits. So why do I warn you about a guy like Bell? It is because he has influence. 
great influence. In fact, in 2011, Bell was named as the 100 most influential people in the world. Okay, so he has influence. This man has been influential, and you need to be aware of him. This man does not know God, and I, and I say that very, very bluntly. He does not. Not in a saving way. His teaching is very confusing. It is teaching that does not lead people to God, but away from him. He and many others like him are not influenced by the Holy Spirit, but a spirit that is not from God. We are going to talk about these spirits this morning. And this, this sermon is calling you not to accept every spirit that you, that you come across. Um, our sermon text is 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. If you're using a Red Pew Bible, it's on page 1023. First John 4, 1 through 6. Uh, follow along with me as I read these verses. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world. Therefore, they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Examine every spirit that comes your way. And there are three ways how, according to this passage. The first is by learning sound biblical doctrine. Learning sound biblical doctrine. At the end of last week's passage, uh, we learned how we can know that God abides in us. We know because he has given us his spirit. That's what 1 John 3.24 says. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God, and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us, by the Spirit whom he has given us. This brings us to our passage today, where John writes about spirits. Where he says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. So who are these spirits? Okay, in our culture, we hear a lot about, a lot about spirits. Okay, let, let's think biblically this morning. Let's not get into that mumbo-jumbo. Um, now, there has been debates about who these spirits are. Um, it could be human spirits, because man is made up of body and soul. 
um, soul and, and spirit are, are two interchangeable ways to describe um, the, the immaterial side of man. Angels or demons um, are also, also could be referred to here when, when it's referring to spirits. I think the correct interpretation is that these are spiritual forces. Uh, these, are, these are demons who, who influence uh, human beings. Uh, there's, there's a spirit behind every person, whether it's the Holy Spirit or whether it's a, a demonic uh, presence. Um, but of course, those who speak from God have the Holy Spirit behind them. Um, those who do not have God have uh, the spirit of, of demons behind them. So here in this passage, John writes about um, the Holy Spirits and other spirits that are not from God. Now, John provides a clear indication about who to listen to and who not to listen to. John commands his readers not to be gullible by saying, do not believe every spirit, because gullible people tend to believe everything that comes across their way. In fact, um, Hebrews describes um, those who are immature um, that they believe every wind of doctrine um, when it comes their way. And we can't be people like that. We need to be very careful what we receive, okay? It's good to be very careful. And now we, we live in an age of tolerance where you, are, where you are told not to condemn other people's beliefs. Uh, that is wrong. Um, you often hear people say, you should not judge. That's a common thing to hear in our culture. Um, that's actually an incorrect statement. Um, you, you, you need to be careful how you judge, but if you judge in the right way, it's actually a good thing um, to judge. Uh, in, in John 7, 24, Jesus says to judge with right judgment. Uh, and you think about the Sermon on the Mount, um, that passage where it says, do not judge or you too will be judged. What the passage is saying is, first pull out the plank in your own eye, you know, examine yourself first, but once, once you have examined yourself, then it is okay to approach someone and tell them where you think they are wrong. Um, and our culture doesn't understand that. And it, it's a healthy thing um, to call people out if you do it in the right way. If you see someone teaching a false doctrine, call them out on it. You should do that. How do you know what is true and what is false? Well, you need to know doctrine. Christian doctrine. Down through church history, uh, we, we are the beneficiaries of many people who have wrestled with the biblical text and have formed doctrine based on what the Bible says. Uh, if you think about uh, the Nicene Creed, uh, the Athanasius Creed, the Apostles' Creed, these are creeds that, that stated clearly what a true Christian believes based on the text of Scripture. And there are many denominations today, actually every denomination, that, um, at least that's conservative, um, that says what, what they believe. Uh, in, in the Free Church, we have ten articles of faith that say precisely what you believe. And in order to be a member of the Free Church, you have to believe those very things. And there's scripture to back up every statement that is made. Now John gives a doctrinal standard um, to measure what is true and false. And he gives that doctrinal standard here in the text. And we, we find this in verse 2. 
where he says, by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, okay? In the first century, there were heresies that said that Jesus either appeared to take on a human body, but it was an, but it, it was an illusion, <laughs> or that a heavenly Christ came upon the man Jesus at his baptism and left him before the cross. Uh, John is saying that this is false teaching. John says that Jesus is the Christ. And when Jesus was born into this world at the incarnation where God became man, he, he was always, he w- Jesus always existed. It's just that he was given his, the name Jesus when he became a man. But the person, the second person of the Trinity has always been there, okay? The grammar that John uses here is important to note. Uh, in the Greek, uh, John uses a perfect verb. Well, when he says that he has come in the flesh. And what a, perf- what a perfect verb says um, is that it's a previous action with later significance. Okay, so this is something that happened in the past, but still has ongoing effects. Uh, and so when he says that Jesus has come into the, into the flesh, he's saying that Jesus took on the body previously, and to that day, he still had a body. And, and what we know from scripture is that Jesus will always have a body. This is not a body that he ever gives up. Uh, the moment he took on flesh at the incarnation, uh, this is a body that, he, that will always be there with him. Uh, and, that, and, we, and we will have a body like his. That's what the Bible says, that our glorified body will be like his body. So this doctrinal test that John gives is, is concerning who Jesus is. The Bible states clearly that Jesus is fully God and that he is fully man. And anyone who believes otherwise is, does not come from the Holy Spirit. They come from a spirit that is not from God. So anyone who taught something contrary to what this says is not from God, but from somewhere else. And we will talk about where this comes from in our next point. Okay, so that's the first way how you must examine every spirit that comes your way by learning sound biblical doctrine. And I, and I want to encourage everyone here to, to learn sound biblical doctrine. When, when, I went to, uh, when I went to college, I knew very little about the Bible. And I'm almost embarrassed to say how little I knew about the Bible because I spent the first 18 years of my life in the church. Uh, when I went, I remember when I went to Crown, I didn't, I didn't even know that the Apostle Paul wrote 13, 13 letters of the New Testament. Um, I, I hardly knew who Paul was. Uh, and it wasn't until I went to college uh, and then years after college and then eventually going to seminary where I really invested myself in, in the Bible to, to learn it. Um, and I'm not telling you that, I, that I, I'm like some genius or anything, but, but I've gotten to the point where I'm able to spot what is truth and, and what is false. And that's because I've invested myself in, in the scriptures and in, and in church history um, and in Christian doctrine uh, for, for many years now. Um, and, I, and I know many of you have as well, and I encourage all of, all of you to, to know sound biblical doctrine, to learn it, okay? And that's, that's the first way how you must examine every spirit that comes your way. The second way how 
is by recognizing the devil's schemes. By recognizing the devil's schemes. Uh, Look with me, please, at verse 3. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Every spirit that does not confess Jesus according to the doctrine of Scripture is not from God. You have to realize how crafty uh, Satan is. Um, he, he's very crafty. We see that in the Garden of Eden when, when he tempted Adam. And, and, and we see it how he worked in, in the Bible. And we see how we, he even works in our present day. We know that he's behind a lot of what is going on in our world. Um, he typically does not make things obviously false that everyone can see. Uh, he mixes truth with error. He, he's, he's, he's very smart. He, he knows what he's doing. Uh, for example, there, there are many religions that, that say true things about Jesus, but they don't tell the whole story. Or they, or they say some things that are true, and they mix in some things that are false. For example, Islam says that Jesus is the Christ, but they deny uh, that he is God, okay? That's, that's a major denial um, that, that, that we must uphold, um, that the Bible teaches. Uh, Jehovah Witnesses, for example, say that Jesus is a God, lowercase g, but not God who is equal with the Father. So we need to be aware um, of these people, especially, you know, Jehovah Witnesses, they, they come to our door all the time, and we can, we can all tell stories of, of conversations um, that we've had with them. Um, but, and, and there's a good pamphlet out in, in the Fellowship Hall that, that tells you how, um, what they believe and how you can answer them, because we need to be prepared. They're coming to our door, and, we, and when they come to our door, we need to be ready to answer them. There's a lot of secular scholars in academia who, who recognize Jesus as a good teacher, um, but nothing more. Okay, and, and that's a major error because we know that Jesus, um, we know who Jesus is. We know that he's unlike anyone else in history. We know that he's the God-man um, who is the only savior of the world. So Sat- Satan has influenced many teachings, and, and I just mentioned a, a very small list. There's, there's really a countless number <laughs> that are out there. Um, and, and typically, um, Christian apologists only address the big ones. Uh, there's actually a lot of small ones that are out there too, um, that, but we, there's so many out there that we don't have time to address them. Um, but be aware of, of, of what is out there. And if you know true teaching, you don't need to know everything that they believe. You can just say, okay, that statement does not line up w- with what the truth says. And so y- at that point, you know, I need to reject this um, and I need to run from this. So be careful and test the spirits um, to see where they come from. You will be able to know whether they come from the Holy Spirit or whether they come from some other spirit. The Bible is God's word, and the Bible says who Jesus really is. People who believe and teach a false Jesus are teaching through the power of demons. John writes that this is the spirit of the Antichrist. Okay, when, when we hear the word Antichrist, we automatically think, end times, world ruler, um, who's going to rule, rule the earth for seven years. Uh, and we had a previous sermon that I preached several weeks ago. I, I find it interesting that I got the two false teaching sermons. Um, but John, this, this Antichrist, 
is the spirit of the Antichrist is not the, the, this final one world ruler. It's, it's leading up to him, but there's these precursors that are in the world um, that, that we need to be aware of. And, and John mentioned this in 1 John 2.18. Uh, I preached on this three weeks ago where he writes that many Antichrists have gone out into the world. Uh, now those false teachers, um, they denied that Jesus, Jesus is the Christ. The denial by these false teachers um, in 2.18 and 4.3, uh, our text this morning, is, is the same denial. Uh, they are denying that Jesus is the Christ who has come in the flesh. They didn't see Jesus as the pre-existent eternal God who took on a, a permanent human body. Um, what these people did is they tried to insert components of Greek philosophy um, into into the Christian faith. They wanted to hold on to the Christian name uh, in, in a very loose sense, um, but they inserted their, their Greek philosophical beliefs. Uh, and, and, and what they believed was that matter is evil. Uh, Gnosticism uh, believed this. The spirit world is good. Uh, and John calls this out for what it is, false teaching. Okay, so obviously they, they didn't want to embrace that Jesus had come in the flesh and that he had taken on a permanent body. Because they believe that matter is evil. So, so why, would this, why would this heavenly man, why would this God who became man um, take on this permanent body if, if matter is supposed to be evil? So obviously, they try to, to twist it to fit their own beliefs. And John is saying, that is false teaching, and we need to run from that. And what John said in, in 1 John chapter 2 is that if they reject Jesus, they don't have the Father, okay? So if they, reject, if they reject Jesus, they don't have God. In our passage this morning, interesting, this is, this is, this, this is the Trinity here, that John says if you deny Jesus, um, then you don't have the Holy Spirit, okay? So if you deny Jesus, you don't have God, the Father, and if you deny Jesus, you don't have God, the Holy Spirit. Um, it's, it's interesting how he did that. Um, but, but instead, you know that the, the spirit is the spirit of demons. Now, the spirit of the Antichrist, which I think is demons, is stated by John as being in the world during this, this time. And John wrote this uh, roughly about 50 years or so after uh, Je- Jesus was on the earth. Now, here we are in the 21st century, and, and we can see very clearly that the spirit of error is very much among us, okay? All we have to do is look around us to see that this is here. Uh, Many people say false things about Jesus, and this spirit of error is among us, Um, so recognize it when it comes. Recognize the devil's schemes when they come. And you must know um, that the devil is a liar, okay? And that brings us to point three, okay? So So the second point that we just went through, uh, the second way how you must examine every spirit that comes your way is by recognizing the devil's schemes. The third way how is by knowing the devil's lies have no hold on you. Knowing the devil's lies have no hold on you. Look with me, please, at verses four through six. Little children, You are from God and have overcome them. 
For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world. Therefore, they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Now John, as we've seen, he's, 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 he's a pastoral figure uh, to these people. He calls them little children. He calls them beloved. Uh, when John is writing this, he's probably uh, at least 70, 80 years old. So he's an older man, probably talking to younger people in the faith. And he encourages them by telling them that they have overcome these spirits. In verse 4, uh, the them that John is referring to is these spirits, these, these false teachers who are influenced by demons. Um, this, is who he's, he, this is who he's referring to. And he is encouraging them by writing that these forces will not overtake you. Satan will not be able to succeed in deceiving you. And he explains why in, 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 in uh, verse 4b. He says, very simply, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. In other words, the greater one is going to win the fight. Um, God's power is so much greater um, than that of Satan. Now, it, we all love the underdog, okay? And when, when, we, think about, when we think about sports, um, we, whenever you see a lesser team beat a greater team, we, we, tend, to, we tend to root for the lesser team. It, it's fun to root for them. And, and when they win, it, it's an amazing accomplishment. Um, and, and in a lot of sports, um, that's able to happen because, you know, the ball bounces their way. Um, you think of like basketball, baseball, hockey, sports like that. Um, you know, the ball bounces their way and they're able, they're, they're able to win. Uh, you know, I'm a runner, as you know, um, so, so you're going to get a lot of running illustrations when I preach. Um, and and I, also coach, I also coach running. Running is one sport where upsets typically don't happen, okay? They, typically, the better runner wins. Um, it, it's rare to see an upset in, in running. Uh, last week, I was, at a, I was at a section meet where uh, if you get in the top two, this is high school, by the way, the, the top two athletes in each event qualify for state. And there's only, in every event, and there's lots of events in track and field, th there's only about five athletes that have a legitimate chance of, of making it to state. So everyone else is just there to compete. They, they really have no chance of making it to state. And, and why is that? It's not because uh, the, the top five athletes try harder than, th than those who are, who are behind them. It's because they're better. They're just, they're stronger. Um, they're more athletic. Uh, and and, and those, are, those are the people who, who tend to, uh, to get in the top five uh, and, and go to state. Now, up, I said, as I said, in, in running, upsets typically don't happen. In, in track and field, uh, upsets typically don't happen. Uh, but when it comes to God and Satan, ups, up, an upset cannot happen. Okay? It cannot happen. It's impossible. Um, and here's why. Uh, God has far more power than Satan. Uh, God is all-powerful, which means that every ounce of power that there is, he has. That there is. Satan's power is very limited. We, we oftentimes give him more credit than he deserves. 
God has eternally existed um, while Satan was created by God, okay? Satan is a creature. God is the creator. Uh, the created being um, has no chance against, against the creator. Um, it, it is impossible that Satan could ever defeat God or that he, he could ever overcome God's people. Uh, now, that being said, I was talking to one of my professors one time, and he said that he thinks that Satan thinks he can win. And, and it's, 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 an, it's an irrational uh, thought that comes, that comes into his mind um, because he's, he's also the most, he, he, ha, he has some power, we need to recognize that, but he's the most arrogant creature that there is too, okay? So he, he thinks he can win when, when really he can't win, and it's impossible. And, and he's doing everything he can to win. We see all of his schemes all over the world. And the fact that Satan cannot defeat God and cannot uh, defeat God's people and that's the good news, that we, we are with God, and since we are associated with him, he, we have overcome them, as John says here. This should bring us great hope. Um, there are times in this world where it looks like he is winning. But we need to remember that God has already won the battle. Uh, he won when Jesus Christ was crucified. Uh, Jesus conquered sin and Satan and death at the cross and his victorious resurrection. And the final victory is only a matter of time. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of, of when will it happen. We're waiting on that time. So that, that is the good news. And, and we should be encouraged with that this morning. Now look with me at verse 5. Uh, it says they are, they are from the world. Okay, That's these false teachers who have, who have this influence from these demonic spirits. They are from the world. Therefore, they speak from the world. Okay, The them that John is referring to is these spirits. Um, now, the world and Satan work together. Okay, we see this. And actually, at the end of this letter, in 1 John five nineteen, John writes that we know that we are from God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Okay, so Satan and the world work together. Now, those who are of the world have Satan as their father. Remember when Jesus said this? In, in the Gospel of John, John chapter 8, uh, verses 44 and 45, he says, You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Okay, so the world, who are they working for? They're working for the devil. And typically they don't recognize it, okay? That's what's really strange about it. Um, people typically say they worship God, uh, but they don't. They are working for the devil. And as one from the world speaks, the world listens. That's what John writes here. He says, they speak from the world and the world listens to them. Jesus talked also about how the world loves their own. Okay, we, we, we've all seen this. The, the world loves their own. Uh, John 15, 18 through 19. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. 
But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Do you ever feel like you're an outcast? Do you ever feel like you're left out? That's a good thing. And that should be encouraging to you. The world sees you as different. They see you as strange. They see you as not one of them. Okay, sometimes you go to a function and, and there's all um, just, just worldly people there, people who do not know Christ, and, and there might be one or two people there who know Jesus. You just, you feel like you don't fit in. That's because you don't. Jesus has plucked you out of the world, but he has sent you back into the world uh, for mission in order to pull those people out of that trap that they're in, to bring them to Christ. So the world sees you as not one of them. And the reason you do not fit in is because of of what the beginning of verse 6 says. We are from God. We are from God. You belong to God. And everyone here today either belongs to God or to the world. Okay? And, and when you're around God's people, you know how that is? You're like, okay, this, this fits. I, 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 I belong with these people. I fit in with them. It's because you belong to God. And you don't belong to the world. So who do you belong to? Do you belong to God? Or do you belong to the world? And I, I know many of you, and I know, I know the answer to that question. I know you belong to God. Um, but it, it's worth asking. Where are you most at home? That's, that's a good litmus test to see whether you know God. And you know when you have a true Bible teacher. When a true teacher of the gospel teaches God's people, guess what happens? God's people listen to true teachers. That's what John writes here. He says, whoever knows God listens to us. And whoever does not, whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. In John 10, 27, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Okay? And so people are going to come to a church that preaches God's word. People who know God are going to come are going to come to that church. And that's why we can be confident that the church will never close. It's because God's people will always be there and God's people will always come. Okay? We don't need to do fancy programs. We just need to preach God's word. We need to have a fellowship that is the true church. Many of you are here today are God's people and you receive this teaching because you know God. And those who are of the world do not receive the word of God. They laugh at it. We talk to these people all the time. They don't, see, they don't hold this book with the reverence that you do. When you read this Bible, you hear God's voice. When, when they read it, they see it as just another book. Okay? And that's because you have the Holy Spirit and they don't. You can see things that they can't see. You see its glory where they see it as a book. And our theme during the sermon series has been assurance of salvation. And as I wrap up this third point, um, where do you stand? Do you receive God's word with open arms? Um, or, or do you accept the errant teaching that comes from the spirit of error of this world? 
Examine every spirit that comes your way by learning sound biblical doctrine, by recognizing the devil's schemes, and by knowing the devil's lies have no hold on you. Follower of Christ, the Holy Spirit has been given to you. Therefore, you are able to detect truth from error. And that is a great gift to have. Praise God that he has given you this faithful guide to track you through this error-filled and devil-ruled world. Let's pray. Father, uh, we, we love you and we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that we listen to you because we are from you and we belong to you. Thank you, Lord, that we are not of this world. And I pray, Lord, that each one here uh, would be able to spot truth from error, that they would be able to, to spot the spirit of the Antichrist that the Bible says is in the world. It was in the world in John's day, and it's in the world today. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit who sustains us, who, who gives us life, who shows us truth from error. Thank you for this gift. In Jesus' name.